You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Room. Truck, wiggle out, jump, run, somebody. I'm scared. I know. I'm going to be there in your head talking to you the whole time. Truck, wiggle out, jump when the truck slows down, run, somebody. You alright? Jack, listen to me. This is our chance. Thank you for letting us do this interview. We're grateful to hear your story. Thank you to everyone who sent their good thoughts and their prayers. For five years, you made life in that small room, that prison, as nurturing and normal as you could. Hey, do you know what we're gonna do today? What? We are going to bake a birthday cake. You chose to tell Jack that room was the whole world, that there was nothing else. Good morning, lamp. Good morning, plant. Good morning, sink. I wanted him to feel safe and that it was a great place for him to live. Did you ever think you would be free? I hoped. Hello, Jack. Thanks for saving our little girl. Are we in another planet? Mm-mm. Same one, just a different spot. No matter how sweet the I've been in the world 37 hours. That's us. We push. I see windows and hundreds of cars and birds and grandma and grandpa. Jack, someone here'd like to meet you. Oh, 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 oh. No, he will never find us. Everyone keeps asking, are we okay? You have no idea what's going on in my head. Yeah, well, try me. And every time you look at me, that's all that you see? When I look at you, Joy, I will see my daughter. You're gonna love it. What? The world. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Room. And the story is as follows. Held captive for years in an enclosed space, a woman and her young son finally gained their freedom, allowing the boy to experience the outside world for the first time. The film is starring Brie Larson, Jacob Tremblay, Joan Allen, Sean Bridgers, William H. Macy. It is directed by Lenny Abrahamson, and its screenplay is written by Emma Donahue. Joining me for this 2015 retrospective review, I have Deanne Knighton. Hi, everyone. Casey Lee Clark. Get your egg snakes ready. Josh Parham. (laughs) Hello, hello. And also from the Patreon gang, we have Daniel Brilliant. Hello, everybody. And also coming to us from Hawaii for the first time ever on the show, we have Shane Nomura. Aloha. All right, everyone. So Room was voted on by the MVP film community for our 2015 retrospective exclusively for our Patreon listeners out there. This is uh, for those that are not subscribed to the Patreon going to be a abbreviated uh, version of the review. And the full review can be listened to if you subscribe over to Patreon for one dollar minimum a month. You'll get the full discussion here. Room. Oh, man. You know, when this got voted in, I immediately said to myself, oh, man, this is one I don't know if I'm ready to revisit because <laughs> it is a heavy movie. Mm. And I remember seeing it during the 2015 awards run and just being so impacted by this film on an emotional level. And 
I have to say also, too, not as a criticism, but I definitely remember that I enjoyed the first half a bit more than the second half. And, and I know that's kind of weird, right? Saying enjoy. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I found the first half to be a little bit more engaging, let's say. And so heading into this, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready to cry again. I don't know if I'm ready to just simply revisit this movie in general. Uh, I'm so glad that I did. Because not only uh, do I have more appreciation for the second half of this film upon uh, this second watch, but every now and then I like a good cry. And I got to cry three times during this movie. So <laughs> for everyone else out there that's uh, on the pod right now, uh, Shane, you're uh, the first time on the show here. Why don't we start off with you? What was your experience with watching Room uh, either for the first time in 2015, first time now? Uh, just in general, what did you ultimately think of it? Sure, yeah. So um, I saw it in theaters back in 2015. I am a voracious reader, so I read the book um, almost in one entire sitting. And because I really like the book, I think the movie fell a little bit short for me personally. Um, I think it's a very solid film, great performances. Um, but yeah, also, as you said, very difficult to watch and sit through. But personally, I have more, I don't really have many negatives to say about it. I, I think it's a very good movie but yeah so for you it was mostly you 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 were coming in with that book perspective and you know as is often the case sometimes the adaptation can't measure up to how detailed and enriching the source material is i get i I get that yeah it's a very solid very solid um adaptation it's not a poor adaptation but yeah it's a very solid movie Okay, okay. Uh, Daniel, what about you? Uh, what has your experience been like with Room? So I first saw Room uh, during its initial awards run, I believe after its theatrical run. I believe I saw it on demand, uh, and I loved it from the second I saw it. Uh, I think Brie Larson was very deserving of her actress award. I think it deserved maybe a few more nominations it didn't get. And uh, upon rewatch, I think it's probably my favorite film from 2015. Uh, wow, it really, okay. It deeply emotionally affected me, and I noticed certain things that I didn't notice on first watch that were really subtle. I really noticed the direction on this watch, and I really like could see why Lenny Abrahamson made the director lineup, so... I was really glad to revisit it and to re-experience what the film felt like. Okay, all right. Deanne, what about you? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think it's fantastic. Not my number one of the year. Those are strong words because it was a good year, but um, very high up for me. This was my obviously my second watch. I watched it today also, Matt, and then I watched it obviously back during the um, awards run as well. Um, I would say that on a second viewing, I actually appreciated some things more, kind of like Daniel was saying, I think particularly with the direction. What I think is really cool about this movie is the way that it has it builds up to this very intense like midpoint scene and then it's able to kind of continue to let you sit in sort of the emotional impact of all of that and kind of a slow paced way through the rest of the film. And that's not an experience we get very often. Usually we're always building up to something at the end. And so the way this is structured, and I know it's kind of following the book as well, I think it allows for kind of a unique viewing experience as well, in addition to being extremely powerful and harrowing and hard to watch. All right, Casey? Um, so yeah, I also saw it in 2015. Um, and I can like vividly remember my experience the first time I saw it and the anticipation I had seeing it. I saw it, I think, I know it was like November 1st. I feel like you always remember the day after Halloween for some reason. <laughs> um, and I was just so 
moved by it. I think I had never, I think that's probably the most I had ever cried in a theater before, just continuously. Um, I'm somebody who's super close with my mom. So I always, any stories about mother child relationships are, I think my weakness. Um, and then I remember seeing it a second time in theaters, I think like more in like that January time, like post starting to get nominations, um, cried, sobbed again. And then I hadn't seen it since then for this rewatch. I think because I had known that it would just emotionally devastate me again on rewatch. Um, and while I didn't cry nearly as much as those first two times, I still was very much affected. And I think I was able to look at it more with a critical eye and recognize certain filmmaking things rather than just get caught up in the emotions of it, which were still obviously there. And it was even weirder. Like I could remember so much of where I was in my life when I saw it. And it was my favorite film of that year. And it probably still is just because it's unlike really anything I've ever seen before. And like the things, the themes that it talks about and the emotions that it brings out of me, I just can't really compare to any other film that I've seen. So, and I, yeah, when we get into awards talk, I'll talk about all the things I think it should have won and should have been nominated for and all the things I'm happy it did win. But yeah, that's my thoughts. All right. All right. And finally, Josh Parm. Well, I have to echo a lot of what's already been said here. Um, I remember watching this movie back in 2015 when it came out and really just being an emotional wreck while watching it. I could not really remember the last time a movie forced me into tears on multiple occasions as this film did. And I just thought it was so wonderfully made. And yeah, it was hard to watch at times, but it was also very effective of what it was trying to, to come across in its storytelling. And Rewatching it recently, I really did notice those directorial efforts that I think did pass me by a little bit the first time. And I really did have such a even stronger appreciation for what the movie was doing. It was in my top five the year that it came out. I loved it then and I still love it now. All right. So what I want to do for this review, I think this will be the easiest way for us to break it down and go through it, is to discuss the film in its two halves. And we'll start off with the first half, and then we'll talk about the second half afterwards. Um, I want to start us off first and foremost. Uh, we're talking a lot about Lenny Abrahamson's uh, direction in this and the cinematography uh, by Danny Cohen, who uh, frequently has worked with uh, Tom Hooper before. The shot selection, the lensing, uh, the perspective that we get through uh, Jack's eyes, uh, not just in room, but in this really daring escape that occurs uh, at the midway point through the film as well. Coupled along with, I started thinking to myself while watching this a second time, how many, like, did they have to knock down walls to fit the, like the camera equipment stuff to achieve certain shots? Or did they have to cram it all in there? Because it's not that big of a space yeah. and your film crew is pretty damn large, <laughs> you know? Yeah, do you know how they did this? I read something on IMDb Trivia that they, they did have to kind of s squeeze into that little room that they built. See, like, that's amazing. Yeah, they had, like, made it out of, like, I think it's, like, 10 by 10 panels so that they could remove the panels for where they would want the camera to be, including the floor. They had them in there. I rewatched the, like, making of featurettes last night after the movie, and they shot it in sequence, at least for the stuff, did all the stuff in room in sequence first. So they were easily able just to completely use that set. But yeah, it was like they'd made this like 
replica set within a soundstage that had panels where they would take them out to fit the camera in for the different angles to get that like effect of the being in that small space. And also for like for Jacob Tremblay to really as a kid to really feel like he's acting in that space. And it's really important too because as a moviegoer, I think the constant movement of the camera the feeling that even though that this is such a tiny constricted space, it subliminally says to my mind that there is life in this room. There is energy. There is love. And I feel that through the movement of the camera, where if it was just static shots throughout, I don't feel like I would get that as much. I feel like I would get more of that claustrophobia of that um, gut sinking feeling of of dread but the tone of the movie even though it is horrific what is happening um we really do feel the light the beautiful and peaceful tone that ma joy newsome played by brie larson is has uh established for her son jack that this is essentially the world yeah well and it really does speak to perspective that the movie is playing with because i think for me, this movie really does exist in Jack's perspective. And for him, room is the world. It's as big as it's ever going to be. And he doesn't really have a sense that this is a very small space within a larger world outside of it. And I think the film does such a really great job at portraying this area that they live in as actually in the first half as something not that claustrophobic. It feels mm-hmm. a little bit more open and because that's the way that Jack would feel that world to be. And you never really feel like it's starting to close in until they're talking about escaping, which I thought was so interesting. I, that was something I didn't notice the first time, but really when, you know, they're going through the method of him getting out of the rug and they're talking about there's not enough room. That's the first time you really feel like the space is starting to close in on them. And that's not really present beforehand. And I really liked that the film recognizes that perspective from the characters and that, this space is as big as you can make it out to be. And for Jack, it certainly is. Yeah, there's something so fascinating about the way that you kind of feel so in touch with whatever it is he's feeling. And that's a really interesting thing that you just mentioned, Josh, because I didn't think about there is just something. The minute that she starts talking about the outside world and you start to feel that build, I mean, there is something so gut-wrenching that happens inside. And part of that has to do with his performance, I think, you know, for one thing, and just sort of being able to feel that fear through his eyes. The movie did really capture that well. And even though you get a glimpse of these adult themes and you totally know what's going on, uh, I think it was one of the special things about the movie, the way they were able to really pull that off and still make it interesting. Hey, everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full review of the 2015 film Room, part of our 2015 retrospective here on nextbestpicture.com. In order to get the full-length review, you will have to head on over to our Patreon for Next Best Picture. If you subscribe for $1 at minimum a month, you will get this full-length review, about an hour and a half worth of content, along with other exclusive Patreon reviews, also some podcasts covering Next Best Theater, Next Best Series, where we dive deep into the world of Broadway and television, and also a bit more as well. 
You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback on there. If you leave us a rating, five stars preferably, drop us a comment, let us know what you think. It actually helps for more people to discover our show. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.